This is the Freestyle Way. And welcome back, my friends, to the Freestyle Way podcast. My name is Carl Powley, your host. And in today's episode, I am joined by my childhood friend, Oliver Russell Cowan, who in addition to being my childhood friend, he's also the founder of a company called Rad Season. Rad as in radical. And if you haven't heard of Rad Season before, in the voice and words of Kevin Hart, you're going to learn today. (laughs) That was a really bad and embarrassing imitation. Anyways, Rad Season, you can find them online, radseason.com. And Rad is a place where you can book your tickets, accommodation, and your travel to the world's best action sports and adventure events. And I've seen this company now grow for a few years. And it's just remarkable to see how now it has hundreds of events that they partnered with and that they are featuring on this website for you to learn about and to attend all around the world. It's just cool. And what's also remarkable is the insight that Oliver was willing to share in this conversation on this podcast about the vulnerabilities of starting a business, trying to keep the business going, growing, developing, and really trying to always come back to asking yourself, who am I? Who am I becoming? Why do I care about becoming the person I'm becoming? And how can I use and leverage who I'm becoming to make my company the best place it can be so it can make the best and most positive impact it can make? And this is something that Oliver shares in this conversation, which I got to apologize in advance because we recorded this podcast in the lobby of my hotel in Manly when I was out in Sydney, which if you haven't been to Manly, I highly recommend you go there, check it out if you're ever in Australia, especially in Sydney. It's beautiful and I'm definitely going to go back. So we recorded this in the lobby and uh, I just want you to keep that in mind and I want you to imagine as you're listening to this, whatever you're doing, I want you to imagine like you're sitting there with us having a good cup of coffee and just listening to this conversation, which I think is a very insightful one. And I look forward to hearing what you think about it. So for now, without further ado, here's my friend Oliver Russell Cowan on the Freestyle Way podcast. Enjoy. All right, dude, we're recording. Uh, We're sitting in the lobby uh, in Manly. This is not Sydney. Is it? It is part of Sydney, yeah. So Manly is in uh, Sydney's northern beaches. And this is where you live, or you live uh, somewhere else? I live, uh, I used to live in Manly, and I'm currently living just up the road in a place called Freshwater, so literally the next suburb around the corner. Why did you move uh, here and not in the city? Surfing, I guess that was, <laughs> that's probably been, yeah, the reason why I've moved anywhere like for the last 15 years has mainly been just around that one that one thing and obviously like, like manly's got one of the best surfing beaches in the city or in in sydney um that's pretty accessible it's only yeah a ferry ride like you, you just jumped on the ferry i guess yeah, it was, like 30 minutes it, yeah exactly it's like 30 minutes from um from uh, from the center of, of town and yeah there's some great beaches from here all the way up to palm beach there's probably about 30 maybe uh yeah probably about 30 surf spots and yeah it's it's a good place it's insane it's, it's beautiful as soon as i got off the ferry i mean i've been here now maybe three times and every time i get off the ferry i'm like oh yeah this place is like uh, i'm on vacation yeah it's incredible so uh i was thinking on the ferry do you remember when the last time we saw each other as uh kids because we met when we were five probably yeah or maybe even Maybe even before that. Yeah. So it must have been in Spain, in either in Torre Vieja or in Alicante. Uh, and I was trying to think, because we met yeah, a couple of years ago when you were over in Manly. Uh, and then before that, it must have been like 15 or 20 years since, yeah. Insane. Yeah. Insane. And, and we met because our parents worked at the same company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Um, but you, you lived in England. In London? 
In London, yeah. Yeah, and you so, went, went to school there. University? Did you also go to university uh, in London? I went to university in in Wales, um, about f- in a place called Swansea, about four hours from uh, yeah, about four hours from London. Uh, did three years there, and then I had a year in Granada in Spain. Mm. And, and you, you studied business? Uh, studied business in Spanish. So we got we got a year in Spain, and I was sort of picking. I could have gone to Madrid. I had a few choices. And then I was looking at Granada and I was heard about or went to Sierra Nevada, uh, which is a ski resort in, in the south of Spain. And that was kind of my main driver to go there. And I kind of organized my lectures around going, going snowboarding, basically. So I had, I think I had two days of lectures and then five days of snowboarding. That's crazy. <laughs> for, for about five months, it was amazing. We had a really good season. And uh, yeah, for, the, for that part of Spain, I think it's about 2,600 meters. Um, so everyone's like, oh, what, you can go skiing in the south of Spain? And yeah, you definitely can. And it's pretty fun. Yeah, that is crazy. That's crazy. And so going back to our childhood, our parents worked at the same company because we moved from the U.S. to Spain. Mm-hmm. And uh, your dad, I believe, worked at that company. but uh, Or was it the, a competing company? Well, I, I can't really remember how, how we connected there. Yeah, so they were working at the same same company, uh, I think, for, for, um, for Massa and then... Um, I think if I'm like, like my dad was working for the for the UK and the Irish um, part selling selling property. Oh, that's to, right. The offices in the UK. Yeah, yeah, and 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 he had an office in London, and then we uh, we got a like a holiday house in one of the developments in Spain. Yeah, Mil Palmeras. In Mil Palmeras, which is I think we were like a minute away from each other. So growing up as kids, you know, I, I just remember like going around to. It. To, um, um, to your house and hanging out with, with you and your brother Oscar and, yeah uh, uh, and then yeah we even we, we did a holiday and came and visited you guys over over in the US and yeah That's I remember right. I remember going into Alicante as well I and, remember now yeah well, we we weren't living in the US at the time but we we came over for the summer and we spent the summer or at least a month here together mm-hmm or not here, but in the U.S. Uh, I remember now. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah, those are good memories. I even think your brother came around who was living in New York at the time. Yeah, my brother came. Uh, my sister was there as well. And yeah, I guess they're sort of similar ages to your older brother and sister. Um, and yeah, we had a, like a, a, a full family holiday touring around, uh, around the U.S., around California. And yeah, it was amazing. That is so crazy. And, you know, like I was telling you the other day when you were speaking at the, at the Insider, was that uh, y- you were definitely one of the people that introduced me to action sports, like skating, surfing. And I remember you would, you would come back with all these toys. You know, you, you always had a new uh, uh, bodyboard, and you're like, man, you got to get the bodyboard with the slick at the bottom. Do <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> and like you, you, ha- you got your first surfboard, and we try to go uh, surfing uh, down at the beach, and yeah. the waves were terrible. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Is, is that where you learned to surf? Uh, so I in in Spain in Mil Palmeras, starting uh, yes, that was where I learned to to bodyboard, and then I got my yeah, then I got my first surfboard there. I think we must have been about maybe like twelve or thirteen or something, and couldn't really get it and. Yeah, so that that kind of kicked off everything. I mean, I always used to skateboard ever since I was like eight or something, like skateboarding around London. And then, yeah, this place, this place in Spain was so incredible because there'd just be all this, like it was just a new development. So it was just all this amazing stuff for skating and, and no people there. Yeah, it, it was pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. And and uh, and that's when we kind of lost touch a little bit. I think we saw each other maybe when we were uh, 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. You you came to Alicante when we had moved to the city. Yep. And we saw each other maybe for a day or two. And I think that's the last time I saw you. And all I knew was that you were excited about going out with friends, uh, skating a lot and that you were seeking adventure. Uh, and now, fast forward to the present day, you run a company dedicated to helping people seek adventure through festivals and uh, action sports. Uh, how did you get there? <laughs> it's, a, it's a long story. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I, I guess after, after university, or well, the... the 
the long story would be uh, I kind of I kind of studied this thing that I, I wasn't I wasn't really passionate about I thought it would be really useful so if I studied Spanish it would be great if I went traveling I could go to Mexico and go surfing over there and like you know be able to communicate with, with everybody uh, and when I finished I, my mum found she found an article in the Daily Mail in, in London and she thought it was a joke and it basically said surfing studies um, there's a new course it's called surfing studies and it's on the Gold Coast in Australia and I just read this article and I'm like are you kidding like I can actually get a degree in surfing I can go and, I can go and study this this is unreal so I applied um, I ended up getting in and yeah a couple of months after that I was packing my bags and I was off to the Gold Coast to go and uh, yeah take part in the second year of the surfing studies course That's over insane. in Australia and then uh, did you finish that I finished it it was a, it was a one year diploma and after that I became a surfing instructor over in the Canaries in uh, in, in Spain in, in Fuerteventura and I did a season there and then I sort of had a bit of a panic and go you know what like this isn't I, I got to get a real job I did all these years studying and then I went back to London and I started in sales when I was about sort of 22 23 and hated it and sort of like it was like sort of corporate corporate sales what were you selling cold calling um conferences and i was selling like delegate tickets for for conferences and it was oh basically <laughs> basically like just cold calling people all day um and then just yeah having the phone slam down on you and, um it was a good it was a good learning curve that's for sure yeah what, um, did, what did you learn there because i i've also worked uh um cold call phone marketing uh for a talent agency okay. and it was awful uh, what did you learn from that <laughs> i got fired <laughs> how long did you do that for? I probably lasted like three and a half months. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, yeah. It's probably the same as me. Yeah. <laughs> did you get fired too? Um, I didn't. I like. I, I just saw like all, all the all the friends that I met there were like they were leaving and like okay like all right let's just all go. Oh, <laughs> so, man. Yeah. Did, did you have to read from a script? Um, I think they gave it to us at the beginning and then I kind of was just freestyling it and winging it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was really weird. They wouldn't let us send out emails. There was like one computer between tw- uh, like a team of 20 um, telesales reps. Um, but what I thought it did teach me is now like I'm not really afraid to pick up the telephone and call anyone. So that's I think that's a good skill to have like and, and never sort of being afraid or being embarrassed what anyone says on, on the other side of the line because yeah you've probably heard worse so right that that's a big one i, I think i took i took that away from from my experience in telemarketing as well uh that the reason i got fired or let go was because i was telling people the truth <laughs> i was like you may not really need this uh but we would like to come and see you kind of thing yeah. we, we had some services we're, we're we're talent scouts yeah uh, but in reality what we were selling was uh our services where we would coach up uh you know young talent and it was uh, unfortunately a lot of bullshit. Uh, <laughs> so I, I got fired for telling the truth. Uh, but you just left. Uh, I just left, and then I was looking. I was trying to trying to get into the action sports industry. So I started applying around for for all the big retail brands and um, the Billabongs and the Quicksilvers of the world, and managed to get a break and uh, have an internship with an action sports publishers in London who uh, at the time were the largest um, action sports media company in Europe and they had every um, sort of skateboarding title like magazine, surfing, snowboarding and yeah I just got in on the like on the ground and I was selling um, I was selling DVDs to uh, to stores at the time and it was just before Christmas I remember the first job I had there I think they were like going okay well you, you get a pound for every DVD you sell. I'm like, okay, like here's a list. So I was like, all right, let, let, let's see, let's see what we can do with this. And I was just, we had this one title was an exclusive mountain biking DVD, and I was calling up some shops and they'd be like, yeah, um, well, um, we'll take a hundred. And thanks, just let me know. It was just like, wow, I just made a hundred pounds on in like ten seconds. That's awesome. Made another phone call and just kind of just went through the list. And within the space, I think of like six months what happened with everything then transitioning from DVDs to online 
I, I couldn't then make it just stopped it completely dried out so from selling like thousands of these DVDs it went to it went to zero wow uh, and then that was just sort of the, that transition I was like then looking at media going wow like it's moving so fast and so so quick with with new che- with all the new tech coming in yeah what's what's going to happen and, where, and where's it going to go and from then after that I kind of I got promoted and started um, selling advertising for, uh, for for their magazine titles and uh, on on the skateboarding uh, magazines and magazines that I used to read when I was a kid and I used to like subscribe Sick. to them and I was like um, by that time I wasn't skateboarding anymore I got too injured so I was, I was still surfing but I, but I wasn't really skating but if yeah if someone told me like years ago that I would have been doing that I'd be like yeah whatever you know you're just you're joking so technically you got your dream job pretty yeah pretty much so sort of working within the industry and um, getting to go on these trips we used to go on like uh, go with my boss and with the with the skateboarding magazine editor and we go uh, to California and we kind of we start off in LA and go down to San Diego and we go and visit all the all the companies there and I just never seen anything like it like you go in this in um, in some of these shoe companies in their warehouse and they'd have like a whole like there'd be full basketball courts in there there'd be a skate park like an indoor skate park in the factory there'd be like I don't know one of my heroes just skating around on his own or like this is this is un- unreal and that was something I was never really the level of that in Europe I wasn't really exposed to it before. Right, you didn't get that kind of access in, in Europe like that. Did, did you have any heroes? Uh, like, who were your skate heroes? Um, I guess, yeah, definitely sort of like Rodney Mullen and like Dayon Song and, um, yeah, like people like Bucky Lassick and um, sort of... I guess you're that making, was kind of you're like, making yourself sound old. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I, 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 I better say, I better say someone you know, like Niger or something like no, that. No, 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 that's, that's perfect. That's perfect. Oh uh, yeah, so like obviously, growing up in the mid '90s and skating there, sort of, you know, I guess the people that you, you sort of saw um, that were always in the mags and on, like on, on the videos and like VHS and stuff like that. That was that was a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess from that, it kind of went to. Um, I kind of wanted to move we, we sort of we planned to move back to Australia so I was working in London for a time and it was just getting a bit yeah I was just getting a bit down with it and sort of this was just sort of like I was there in my 20s so it was a really good time and we like, I grew up there and it was good good fun to hang out there and work there um, you work quite long hours but the main thing is that I wasn't I wasn't getting a chance to surf Mm-hmm. and it kind of was the monkey on my shoulder I'd be commuting I joined like the London surf club and like yeah where, where do you go surf in London <laughs> yeah it's like you gotta go I, I mean there is places sort of on the south coast of England but they're not that great um, for any decent surf it's about four or five hour drive and you go wet, like to the west coast either to Wales um, Devon or Cornwall and it's freezing and it's cold uh, we even used to go up um, to the northeast and go around Scarborough, which is about a six-hour drive, and it has amazing surf, probably the best surf in the UK. Wow! Um, but you, you know, I remember times there, and we're going in the snow, and you, you sort of drive into the break, and the car, and the car's just is just skidding across the ice. You're like, oh my god, like are we going to even get there? Um, yeah, that was, that was some crazy times. That's um, pretty sick, though. Doing that, and but it was just proper like weekend warrior stuff so we mm-hmm. would leave work try and go like leave as early as we could get out on a friday and then come back on sunday night um so yeah just before well, i think i was 28 and um my uh now wife but girlfriend at the time we we decided that we we're gonna we we're gonna try and move and we were looking at all these cities of where we can work and do similar jobs and Sydney popped up, and we're like, okay, let, let's apply. And it took two years to get the visa, um, but we, yeah, we eventually, eventually got it and moved over. And um, yeah, then we just sort of started. I was working in after the action sports, working in that. I was working in sort of IT research. So here, when you were in Sydney, uh, yeah. you're, you're working in IT, okay? And yeah. then what happened? And then it sort of went from I was then working for a competitor company that I used to work for in London over in Sydney, um, just to kind of get like our our first sort of initial job here and get into the market. And then after that, uh, I saw a job come up in Manly, and it was sort of back to that conference world and the events and corporate stuff. I was like, 
Uh, I could I could go for a surf at lunchtime. Okay, I'm just going <laughs> to do it. So I did it for a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, we we then... So I did that for about a year and a half. Uh, I was surfing three times a day. And I was sort of thinking, okay, well, you know, I should really think, like, what, what I want from my career and what I... What I what are my like aspirations and what do I want to do and I knew that probably for a few years I was sort of putting it off and putting it off that I didn't really want to um, didn't really want to work for anyone else and wanted to give it a go and start my own thing so yeah fast forward uh, a couple of years after that I was uh, on my honeymoon in um, we were uh, started off in New York and then we went down to Panama City in, in Central America and we had four months and the only plan we had was really to go uh, from, from Panama City and then we flew out of LA back to Sydney. And for me, it was kind of a surf trip. My, for, for my wife, she's like, okay, we're going to mix it up. We're going to go inland. We're going to do some, uh, like, we're, we're going to check out some, you know, some temples and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, okay, sweet. I'll just sort of plan around the forecast and around the swell what's going on and we'll sort of go back and forth sort of inland we'll go and see sites we'll go and do some activities that kind of thing um so we went on some cool like some some hiking trips and um saw some amazing cities um throughout central america and in mexico and then uh i was i've always sort of been into like music festivals and events specifically around adventure and action sports so i was looking at like is, is there anything around that exists and how can we find it so we, we were traveling with a lonely planet and we we're in mexico city and i'm like okay well like what there's got to be some big festivals like this is one of the biggest cities in the world what's going on in mexico city and i'm flicking through and i'm like oh day of the dead festival of mexico city and it's just a one-liner so I'm like, okay, well, there's nothing. I can't really find this. Difficult to find this information. So that kind of ignited a fire in me. And when I got back to Sydney, I was like, okay, I'm going to try and build a site, a website that has the coolest events uh, for action sports, adventure, and music festivals um, around the world. And I'm going to find them. I'm going to try and reach out to ex-colleagues that I used to work for in action sports and sort of see if I can put this puzzle together and yeah I kind of was thinking about it when I got back here and we were like looking about like thinking about a name and a logo and I'm like season I was like oh well you know there's always something going on it's always the season somewhere and then just took that play on words with like the old school term rad and yeah radical yeah and yeah I was like okay rad season that's it like we got it uh so yeah that that was kind of I guess the birth of Red Season and um, yeah, it's kind of been evolving since then and we're in our third year next week. Wow. So, yeah. And, and how, how, how do you say it's going? It's going well. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a pretty crazy, crazy ride at the moment. Uh, it's been, yeah, not, not, all, not all plain sailing, but, but super fun. And yeah, define fun for people because, because people, when they hear it, so... One of the things with this podcast that's that's been interesting is that uh, some of the people that I talk to have uh, achieved quote unquote some success. Like, oh, you started a business; uh, it's starting to make some money. Uh, you're starting to get recognition. Like, you you were standing next to Kelly Slater the other day, uh, who's like a legend surfer, and people from a distance are like, oh yeah, Ollie is crushing it, and he's living the dream. Uh, and you just said it was fun. Can you define fun in in the last three years? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah so uh i guess linking something that you're passionate about to if you can do that if you have the opportunity or if you have if you're lucky enough i have the privilege enough to do that every day then that, like for me that's the fun bit so i like i'll be researching a topic about a particular country and i'll find out that you can go I don't know base jumping into a cave not like not like a base jump but you know like that would that would be I was like oh man that that's that's super sick if you can do if you can do that there or there's this epic place where you can you can go like like underwater uh, snorkeling or di- or like like cave diving and all this stuff gets me really excited and when I'm like researching it or when I hear stories 
about these events or festivals or things to do in all those locations around the world that's something that I go like not like one I want to go and check it out and two it sort of it keeps it keeps me going and it keeps me going like okay um, this is the product that we're building and we're basically aggregating all this information and making it super simple for people to find and book their trip book their accommodation book their event tickets uh, and that's for me that's the fun bit so it's actually it's the process that um that is fun and then when you when you see the results or you know when you can actually sort of take part in these things then yeah that's that's definitely the ultimate right and uh it hasn't been smooth sailing the whole way through uh, what's been the biggest struggle through the process of building here uh definitely i guess definitely sort of self self belief so i i'm a i'm a soul founder and yeah i i guess with the the whole startup scene or you know um like entrepreneurship has got this kind of sexy image and you see like the elon musk of the world and you know the steve jobs there it's like wow you know that's the best life i want to be like that guy i live there and then they don't like realize what goes into it and uh yeah having something that you know when you start it you it's literally it's an idea it's nothing and then you you might get feedback from friends or family and they're like yeah this is good but then you got to properly test it and then sort of build on top of that so i guess it's like yeah definitely that self-belief and how how have you not overcome self-belief but how have you practiced self-belief um so practicing it is something I guess surrounding yourself by people that are in a similar situation so like work like partnering either sort of speaking to people getting advice uh, like trying trying reaching out to advisors or or mentors and and people that have sort of been there and done it and trying not to get overwhelmed and kind of looking at the big picture but also breaking down you know how how you're gonna how you're gonna get there and it's it's a marathon and it's not it's not a sprint it just just doesn't happen you know and just wake up and then you're just super successful and and famous and all this stuff it's it's something that yeah you have to sort of be there day in day out yes you're you're telling me you don't uh wake up and look at yourself in the mirror every day and say ollie you are the man you <laughs> you can do it you Come can on. do this <laughs> uh, so you don't do that no. okay um i i'm uh, i'm curious about something that you said during the insider when you were speaking about how when uh rad was already off to the races and you were trying to build this that uh you were a little overwhelmed and you 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 started you know feeling guilty while going surfing mm-hmm. yeah can you tell talk to me about that what what was happening there you- yeah so basically i wasn't i wasn't getting my like my work life balance right at all if anything it was like 90 percent work and then 10 you know 10 percent like remaining family friends health exercise um so that I noticed was definitely is definitely a problem and I see it quite a bit um with friends like you know like or friends and and um, acquaintances and people that I know that are starting their own their own businesses and those sort of that almost that self pressure that you're putting on yourself to make it work and and make it happen and realizing that like I wasn't being 100% productive when I was working because I was probably tired, fatigued, not healthy. And that was definitely, is definitely a problem. And it sort of almost took, we went, yeah, we went on holiday. Uh, We went to Vanuatu, my wife and I, um, with our son. And when I got there, I kind of, like, I think I was just, I was putting, like, he's he's two, then he was like one and a half, and I was just just putting him down um, for, for a nap. And... I, I just fell asleep I just passed out and I woke up like four hours later and I think I was sort of like I was so on the go and only like sleeping five or six hours for months and months and months and then we got to this place we got to Vanuatu we got on the trip 
and first couple of days I just couldn't stop sleeping and I was like and then it was just like I wasn't I, I said like I said to myself like, I'm not going to work I didn't have internet which was a good thing so I couldn't <laughs> couldn't, even, like, right. couldn't even check my emails on the sly it was just like you know I just I didn't have connection so that was a blessing in disguise because it was almost like a realization of like okay I've got to I've got to slow down because like I'll, I'll probably I'll break so when when that was all going on I was like I, I like it was I found it a bit scary I was like oh yeah that's it's almost gone too far where I was cut I was I was alienating myself I wasn't being social I wasn't hanging out with friends I wasn't exercising and just every relationship was taking a bit of a strain because I was so focused on the business and making and doing everything towards that um when that happened when I realized what was going on I was like okay well when I got to Australia I'm like Look, you're gonna you're gonna take some time off, and I need to take some time off for myself. So I'd go I go for a surf first couple of months. I'd be like, oh, I've got so much to do. I'd be in the water and just be like sitting on my board in the lineup, feeling guilty. And I'm like, then it sort of still took another like you know like step and some time to then almost adjust and realize that that that's okay. Like if you if you take care of yourself. It's going to take care of the business. It will t- then then take care of the family and so on. So it's 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 a circle. And yeah, I was definitely feeling that I was that I was breaking. So yeah, it was it was yeah it was, it was a scary realization and something that I've never felt when I wasn't working for myself because come five o'clock or whenever I finished six whatever it may be, I'd just switch off and I'd go and hang out or I'd go and do sports. And yeah, it was it was definitely different. Do you think you could have anticipated uh, you going down that path of almost breaking? Because I, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, if they have a panic attack all of a sudden mm-hmm. or they have a, a midlife crisis, it, it, it's kind of like they, they, they didn't anticipate. They, they weren't feeling what was really happening yeah. until it was too late. Do you think, were you anticipating the break or, or did you actually break in some form? I think I got there like I anticipated it just before it happened because if I did I think I'd be like you know what this is too hard and I'm just going to pack it in and that hasn't happened so so yeah so I think like it was I, I was lucky I was sort of it was yeah it, it's kind of it didn't happen and I sort of like now realise what was going on and then I can also sort of almost see it in other people like if you know okay yeah they may get tired or but you can sort of you can sort of see and yeah now i'm just trying to look out for for mates and and sort of say like i'm like kind of i've been there and know how it is and that was something that i didn't really really have Mm. Um, you you didn't have that support system looking out for you not really um because a lot of a lot of my friends weren't um yeah so I, i guess people they would just had different jobs or had different like they didn't really under, understand what was going on mm-hmm. um yeah so apart from like obviously like like my wife had, had, had been and is and is amazing with it and sort of was sort of seeing signs and she'd so sort of go you know you've got to be careful and what, what, take some time off yeah, go, what, go for a run yeah, go she was mountain, go, yeah she was she was sort of saying that go for a surf go for a coffee and yeah i'd just be like yeah, yeah i'll do it later push it back push it back and yeah just wasn't really wasn't really having a break and now i'm sort of thinking okay well especially on the weekends you know just do take it like it doesn't have to be two full days off but at least take a day off and spend that with your family or spend it doing something you actually like doing and then now i'm trying to do that for example on sunday like uh, uh, like after the um after insider like got back i was i was super pumped and yeah it was it, it was cool it, it was cool speaking there and then when, like, like when I got back I was like okay I'm just gonna I'm gonna have a break now and I'm gonna hang out with my son and I'm not gonna go to my laptop and and work and then come Monday I'm more pumped to get to get going again so that actually then fuels and makes me sort of work like more, like more efficiently I wouldn't say harder but just like when you actually are putting in the time make sure that it's a, as, as effective as possible because what I was finding is like all the like myself and, and other people if you're just working working 
uh, how how efficient you're being. Right. If, a lot of, if you are if you are fatigued and yeah. yeah, a lot of people are working a lot, but they're not being very efficient. That's it. Yeah, that's that's a big one. And uh, right now, now that you're kind of uh, on the other side of maybe that turbulence, which was internal turbulence, a little bit of self belief, mm-hmm. uh, not giving yourself some uh, kind of self care time, <laughs> if you want to call it that. Uh, w- what are you excited about right now? Um, so now we've we had an amazing couple of weeks. So we just um, we were the digital media partners on two big surfing events in in Australia, one up in Newcastle called Surfest, and another event uh, in Sydney, the the Sydney Surf Pro, and it was it was just epic being part and being there during the events instead of being behind the screen doing content about it and you know having our contributors or our editors going it was just really fun to be there and uh, off I guess off the back of that we're we're going to Thailand in a week um, we're going to spend a month there we're going to um, their Songkran festival which is Thai New Year and it's the biggest water pistol fight in the world so the whole, the whole country gets involved and people are there with like super soakers and stuff and everyone from toddlers to to adults to grand grandmas they're all out in the street throwing buckets of water on, on each other and yeah pr- pretty excited about that so that's happening not this weekend next weekend and we fly out on tuesday and then we're on a four-month tour around europe going to 25 festivals so um, super pumped. I was like nervous before and go, oh, man, how are we going to do this? I've just done two events and I was feeling tired of that. But it's like, okay, like we're going to try and basically we'll, we'll be on the road and we'll be in one location every week. And then on the weekend is normally when the festivals happen. And this and then, is now with your wife and your two-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. You're, you're taking the company on the road. I'm, so, so I'm taking the company on the road and yeah, 25 25 events in four months and I think yeah, we're doing like 13 countries wow so. and are any of the contributors for the website and for the for rad uh, coming with you or uh, leading you there some may meet us there and what we're trying to do is sort of some of the ones where we're where we're digital partners we'll try and align with a few sort of local photographers and videographers and then current contributors and yeah, it's a bit of a bit of an eclectic mix between sort of crazy, sort of quirky cultural festivals, music festivals, um, action sports events, and some adventure stuff as well. So. Yeah, that's incredible. What 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 do you think? So, in terms of growing now uh, with Rad, what is the thing that you have to focus on the most uh, to make sure that the, the ship is going in the right direction? Yeah. So um, for. For, for the company, it's definitely sort of business development and sales. And we spent, yeah, two, uh, two and a half years just growing and just building up to a brand where we had enough audience that we could sort of say, okay, well, this is a legit platform now and it's a, it's niche, but, you know, we, we do have uh, a, a, a substantial audience that we should be proud of and that we can definitely monetize off the back mm-hmm. of, of that. Um, so now we're sort of looking at it going, okay, well, we we showcase 500 events worldwide and by uh, the end of the year, we'll have it up to about 650. Uh, I don't want to do, or Rad as the company doesn't want to do thousands and thousands of events because everything then becomes a bit diluted and a bit vanilla and it's like, well, you know, is that cool? Is that rad? Or are you just cashing in trying to include everything on there? Right. So we're sort of trying to cherry pick like what is the best stuff that we think our writers think our audience thinks is the coolest things within those categories within those action sports adventure and music niches. And then the super like exciting thing is we're kind of we're launching into into experiences. So we've got a new division uh, which we're going to be uh, releasing in a couple of weeks called Rad Experiences. And that essentially will be what's the coolest trip or the coolest experience you can have anywhere around the world that links to an event or a festival. So, for example, if someone's going to go to uh, to the US or to Canada, um, then they can go on a heli skiing trip and then finish off at a music festival in the mountains. 
or they can go on a surfing experience in in South Africa and they can go on a surf safari and then go backstage VIP and watch the pros at, at a surfing competition. That's pretty sick. And that's, for me, like, that's what gets me super excited now and, like, trying to, like, one, I want to go and, then, like, experience all that stuff, but thinking, okay, well, what are these experiences and then how, like, working with partners, how are we going to create those and how are we going to then showcase them? Right. And uh, it seems like people people are willing to pay for access, mm-hmm. right? So people are willing to pay for access, and it seems like these experiences is all about you getting people the access that they want and uh, curating a very nice experience around that whole thing. Uh, how, how do you become the gatekeeper for some of that access? So I guess we're leveraging what we've done on with the so the rad season split between the event side so we've got an events platform and then we've got an online magazine uh the online magazine we have 100 contributors worldwide and that's growing uh week on week we have sort of we have more contributors coming on board so we're sort of using our audience and using our 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 speciality within all those categories and all those sports to say like you know we have this reach we have we have a, a people dedicated and people that are willing to go to these events and we can help those guys and we can we can fill the like the, these tools yeah that's incredible so it seems like uh network is a big is a big piece definitely and then content is the other piece mm-hmm. and then uh, uh making sure that the sales are happening that you're converting these experiences so with uh with where you're currently going with the experiences, are you partnering with anyone or are you doing it all on your own? So we're we're partnering with companies and then we're looking to sort of uh, bring on more more partners. So it's everything from if someone if we find that someone's doing an like an, an amazing mountain biking tour, mountain biking experience, linking that in with with the event organizers and then sort of packaging that all up. Yeah. Um so what people can do currently on our site is they can book uh, they can book t- tickets to the event they can uh, they can book their accommodation Airbnb hotels guest houses but the missing piece is like if someone's going to go somewhere instead of just going for two days you know just for the weekend just going to the event you can do that but what about spending a couple of days beforehand and then having this like experience that you'll never forget and finishing off at, at the festival. Um, yeah, I just I just um, was was speaking with some guys from. We're going to Serbia later in the year, and they they're um, an adventure um, activity provider over in Serbia. And they were like, oh, "Here's a few things for you to check out before you go to Belgrade for the music festival, which we're going to attend." And the stuff was just blowing my mind. There was this one like um, it was the first link I cl- it was the first link that they sent me, and I just just clicked on it. And it was like, uh, yeah, we do like half day trips. No one really knows about them. It's in a canyon and it's where the, one of the biggest vultures in the world lives that was almost extinct. And there's like 300 of them in this canyon and we'll take you there and you can go there like on a kayak and like kayak through the canyon. I'm like, are you kidding? So it's like, it was just un- un- unreal. So there's so much stuff and so many cool things happening like everywhere that yeah it's just trying to find out what's going on and then putting them all together and creating these amazing experiences for people yeah which kind of leads me to another question which you kind of mentioned at the insider as well which was um now you feel a little old so you have to check in with the younger generation is this is this event really cool yeah Uh, yeah yeah. so um yeah now i'm 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 getting on a bit and i'm like you know who's this dad telling me that this event's cool (laughs) you know like who's this guy Yeah, yeah um so yeah i kind of um I've got um, I've got an editor who like who, who tries to keep me in check, and I normally run run uh, yeah the the events past her and go or like the rest of our um, contributing team and say you know if they're sort of if they kind of specialize or they live in a certain region, Colorado wherever it may be, sort of saying okay what are, what are the coolest events in Colorado? What's happening? And almost using that test as like well would you go and would you tell your friends about it? And if you wouldn't. You know, then it shouldn't be on the site. You know, yeah, if you're thinking those like, are oh, simple questions. I'll, I'll go if I'm commissioned to go there. Yeah, but I was like, would you go? Would you pay to go? Would you pay to go? 
and would you yeah would you take time out your free time to go there and, and bring your friends yeah exactly that's so cool. if if that's then the case i'm like okay that's sick um and then normally for me i kind of like if i see a video or if i see like an after movie of one of the events um or like a preview or something or i read about it and i'm like oh my god man this this is insane like I, i've got to go so there's um we're going to like um casa Gomoros in, in in granada um later in the year and that's sort of uh it's like a quirky cultural event it's been going on for hundreds of years but they basically chase this guy through the streets um and he's sort of like covered in color like everyone just throws olive oil at him and paint and it's almost like how holy is in india oh, but okay. they're using like olive oil and they're just like chasing this this guy through the streets and it kind of it was a traditionally a religious festival where he had to carry a statue of the virgin mary and the idea was that he had to uh, had to go through the town and he had to be clean and he couldn't get a drop of dirt on him so now it's kind of an awe on the statue so now everyone's sort of like chasing him through through the streets in the neighborhood and it just brings in thousands and thousands of people and yeah so stuff like that that's i guess we sort of specialize on the on the you know the, the weird and like wacky festivals that are out there I think that's um, pretty cool. I mean, yeah. I just saw I, I just saw uh, some pictures from a festival in India and the colors and how beautiful yeah. it is. I mean, it's insane. So even like the water pistol uh, event that you go into our festival and then that one sounds interesting. Is there a, Are there any others that are really weird that we should know about? Um, there's definitely... So after... Yeah, when we get uh, when we get to the UK in May, we're going to an event called uh, Cooper Hill Cheese Rolling Festival. And they basically roll this big cheese down a hill. And it's like one of the steepest hills in the UK. I and think it's I've like, seen this. <laughs> and we're, I don't know how we did it, but we were like ranking like on rad season. This, for the term cheese rolling, we were like second on Google. And we were just getting all this traffic off the back of the event profile page that we were doing on cheese rolling. So it's like, man, I, I, I gotta go, <laughs> I gotta go to this thing. <laughs> so I was like, so like, oh, do, uh, what am I, am I gonna film it? Am I gonna GoPro? It's like, people are like rolling down here they're breaking stuff they're breaking like legs and it's like it looks super gnarly um but yeah it happens on on bank holiday um on bank holiday monday in may in in the uk uh i think it's the yeah, 25th 26th and yeah people like there's been uh, a local guy always with so he's i don't know he's just got the he's got like the like the cheese rolling hill knowledge so or something how, how do you how do you win so, in you, cheese rolling? so basically you gotta if you're the first one to the bottom of the hill um, and then basically the first one to get the cheese. So they roll it down. Everyone chases it. And, the and they, fir- they roll down too. And they are, well, they're running. But running it's, it's, and rolling. It's so steep that you just stack it and you just, you're doing flips and stuff. And like, yeah. Uh, the, the video, the videos, the footage, uh, this place is crazy. That um, is crazy. So, uh, yeah, the day before that, I'm going to um, like a, a massive um, punk rock festival in London. They basically take like, all like the biggest 90s punk rock bands are playing in this festival in london the day before so i'm doing that with a few old a few uh school friends um and when we used to go to these festivals when we were younger in london and now all those bands are basically coming back for one day and playing um and then the morning after that then i'm driving to to gloucestershire and um yeah gonna take part in the cheese rolling uh event (laughs) (laughs) it should be it should be interesting times that's incredible. Okay, so I, I want to talk about uh, producing content is a super important uh, piece of your business. And as we were walking over here, you told me that you're not going to really be writing content. So you'll just be kind of speaking it into a voice memo and sending it to your writers. I think a lot of people feel like uh, there's this barrier of entry to uh, producing content. Uh, that limits them. But I feel like you're telling me a story just the other day. You're at one of these big surf contests and you're showing up with your GoPro or the small camera. Like, how do you get over your yourself when, when you have these big, massive cameras, big production around you, and here you show up in your little tin camera? <laughs> well, I thought, like, I mean, I, yeah, I guess, as, as you know, right, I mean, there's, there's so many different forms of, of content and whether, you know, whether it's written articles, whether it's video audio and I think I, I was always like a bit I guess a bit when I first started off I was a bit shy a bit apprehensive about doing doing stuff and then I, I think I was like I, I was in an event and yeah I was at X Games and I saw um, um, 
I, I saw this there was a few people just going around and they were just just balling up to all the athletes who won with their phone and just doing like either live video or doing a recording um, and then just posting it straight away onto Instagram or different social channels and I thought you know like that's that's easy to do every everyone can create content and you can go up to like for events is a perfect chance because there's all like whether it's athletes or musicians uh, or or people in the audience that you can go up and you can you can speak to them and you're going you know like geez rolling pretty crazy what do you think of it so, you know like <laughs> what, what are you doing here like and then you just get you get people's stories and I think that's something that is is more relatable than than spending hours and hours trying to make it perfect mm-hmm. and yeah trying to trying to polish up something that if yeah if it's if it's a, a bit rawer then it definitely has this more yeah but it ha- has this real quality to it right uh i was gonna ask you do you have like a pickup line that you use to be able to uh either approach someone who's a celebrity or someone who's just attending is it like hey i'm uh, uh with rad season and i would like to ask you some questions what what do you, do you have something like that that, uh, that that allows you to to get in? Uh, recently, I've, we've just been set, like been saying that we're we're one of the media partners on the event, and it would be awesome just to if you got time, would you have time for a couple of questions? And, cool. Yeah. And do most people say yes or no? Um, they they say I'll I'll have to speak to my agent. No. Um, <laughs> No, they normally um, <laughs> who there for you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, n- like most, like most people have been really receptive, and yeah, just, w- just are stoked and be like, yeah, sure, you know, like a couple of minutes uh, at their time. Um, and normally, sort of what I do is well, what I have been doing for interviews is just just doing it straight on my phone and just doing an audio, uh, and then that will be something that we'll do when we go away. Um, is we'll just uh, yeah, we'll either do like little, little short videos or. Yeah, we'll just do audio recordings. Yeah, and and is your team right now uh, based here in Sydney, or are they all around the world? Um, they're all over the world. So we've got uh, our IT team and our developers are, are in Sydney, and our um, our editors over. She's all over the world. She's she's kind of she 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 goes to a different music festival pretty much every weekend. Wow! And last year she did fifty two in fifty two weeks. And so she is, she's Australian, but she's based over in the Netherlands. And then all our contributors, they're all over the place. Mm. So some of them are sort of just travel, like uh, traveling around Asia at the moment. Some of them uh, are in the US, some of them are in Europe, some of them are here. That's yeah. crazy. What are some things that you do to uh, curate a culture within the company that allows for you guys to stay aligned and on mission? Uh, is there anything in particular? Is it like you have team calls? Is it you uh, calling them randomly what what does that look like yeah it's sort of that's something we could definitely improve i think and yeah if i was to be sort of honest myself it would be trying to set having i mean have weekly calls with with the core team um with the i guess our main contributors that should be something we should be doing it's normally uh, on a bit more of an ad hoc basis where they're like look i'm going to this crazy festival It'd be great to do a review on it, and yeah, that's normally uh, I, I, I value their, their like their opinions and what they are going to be going to. So um, I'm like, yeah, sure, you know, it'd be it'd be cool to do something on this. Um, yeah, going forwards, it's sort of I guess having a bit bit more of a structure in place where we're almost m- like how we've mapped out our events. We map out where everyone's route's going to be and what they're going to do, sort of say four to six months in advance, mm-hmm. and then we can sort of schedule everything in to then tie it back to marketing and and social yeah it seems like uh like uh, any anytime you have to produce something distribute something you have to be operating on a calendar uh creating that calendar takes a long time yeah and, and that that's hard it's tricky and it's like as i'm sure you know like growing up in europe for example when carnival comes around there's carnivals everywhere <laughs> for that weekend yeah yeah how or, do you do that it, it all in all major cities you're like Okay, so then, like, which ones are we going to pick? You know, we're we going to do a feature on Rio. We're we going to feature on Cologne, on Nice, or like, what do we do? And especially like, June, July, August is festival season specifically for for North, well, for, for the Northern Hemisphere. So for the US, Canada, Europe, it's like there's so many festivals every single weekend during during those months. 
what do you prioritize? So now we're sort of almost like lucky that we can almost like push back a little bit and say, okay, well, if we're going to do a, a campaign on content marketing, um, like who, like which, which events are we going to choose and who are we partnering with? And yeah, that's something where we didn't really, we weren't, we didn't have that opportunity to do that before. We'd just be trying to either do everything or, you know, do the ones that we thought we could partner with instead of like brands or event organizers coming to us and saying like, okay, how can we work together? Right. Um, yeah. uh, if, if someone wants to be a contributor with Rad Season, uh, can they just reach out to you and, and do that? Or how does that work? Yeah, so um, they can either go through through the website, which is radseason.com, or um, yeah, they can get in contact with me um, directly or through, or through our social channels. And um, yeah, normally we sort of, uh, we kind of screen it with whatever sort of work if they're photographers videographers or writers if they send sort of an existing article or, or piece of content uh and then any ideas they have if normally what i get excited about is when they say okay well i'm gonna go here and this is what i'm gonna do i've got this crazy trip you know i'm gonna go i'm gonna go backpacking around thailand and or i'm gonna go on like a, a motorcycle journey through cambodia oh, like, okay yeah cool we need that we've got to get that content on there and um, that's that's the sort of stuff I look out for. That's sick. Uh, so, what what does Rad look like in the next five to ten years? Yeah, we've we kind of kind of got carried away. I was saying this on the the freestyle side. We were like, uh, we we sort of started off with the events, and then we sort of went global, looking at global events straight away. And then now we're doing experiences. Um, we're we're experimenting with um, with jobs as well. So we're looking at uh, rad jobs, which essentially will be a platform for the coolest jobs around the world. So if you want to work a ski season or become like a scuba diving instructor or surf instructor, um, we'll sort of match that with the locations where the events are and where the experiences are. Um, so that's sort of happening um, probably the end of this year. Um, and then after that, we're sort of looking at rad store and apparel but essentially the whole thing of what we're trying to create is uh, the, uh, an ultimate one-stop shop for anyone that wants that adventure uh, and event lifestyle. So the events and the festivals is sort of, it's a reason to go somewhere to have an incredible time or experience, but it's not the only reason. So we're sort of building it up and just putting it all together and sort of just now doing it by bit by bit. Yeah, the, the reason the reason that's interesting to me is because it seems like you guys are really designing uh, a lifestyle based around adventure, festivals, music, art, uh, culture, uh, and all just integrated in this one platform, mm -hmm. which sounds pretty damn cool. It, was that the mission from the beginning? You feel like, or is that now a, a surprise that you you you're kind of like, oh man, I didn't know this was. What it was going to become. I didn't know my little uh, new version of the Lonely Planet uh, was going to be this. I didn't know. Like all, like all at the beginning, I thought it was just like I, I just found it annoying that I couldn't find all these events. And if I had to go on like a, if I wanted to find a mountain biking event, I had to go on a mountain, mountain biking blog or a mountain biking event platform. And the same for all the different sports. I'm like, you know what? Why is it like? Why can't this all be together? Because things do cross over and like you may have an interest in music or in skateboarding or you want to go for a run or like do a like a weird like like obstacle race tough mother something like that so that was kind of initially how we started and then i thought like okay well if we've got the like not the majority but if we've we cherry picked like you know 500 of these events now now what's the next phase when we get there okay like what are we going to do beforehand so then when I was like reaching out to the contributors going, you know what, like what are the best, like um, if people want to, you know, like the best nightlife or the best underground bars in different cities, um, if they're going to go to a music festival in Amsterdam, what should they be looking out for before the festival happens? Where mm -hmm. are the pre-parties? Where are the after-parties? Right. What, like, what, what's going on? And how do you almost have like access to that? And how do you have information? Um, and then going forwards, sort of offers and, you know, the opportunity to take part in all these things. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, well, I, you know, I was just thinking as you were telling me this uh, about a, a little game I've been playing with uh, some of my team members, which is uh, if there were three people in the world, 
uh, we're, we're going alive, okay, right now, alive, that you could uh, meet, and one person you could ask them a question, the other person you could tell them something, and the third person you could take a little picture to, to post on Rad Season or on, on uh, social. Who would those three people be, and who would you ask a question to, who would you tell something to, and who would you take a, a quick snap with? Alive? Alive. Okay. Um... Yeah, well, the snaps already happened. I guess I got a, <laughs> I got a pic with Kelly, like yeah, Kelly you Slater. Got, so, you, yeah. you got the picture with Kelly so I got, Slater. I got that done. Um, although, yeah, I would have liked to ask him some more questions, but uh, you can go dead as well if that's a, if yeah. that's a, um, something that's going to help you right now. Definitely, um, yeah, like Michael Jordan. Just to that, that would be, yeah, it'd be epic to. Just, just to chat to him. Would and, you tell him something or would you ask him a question? Um, you can only do either. You can either tell them something or ask them a question. You already, you already got Kelly Slater's picture. So um, Jordan. Yeah, I, I, Jordan, ask. Yeah. yeah what, what would you ask him? Uh, probably something around, yeah, like the, like how how he was so dedicated to doing it every day, and like what like what was driving him basically. That's cool. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. Dead? Maybe Elvis. <laughs> and what, what, what would you tell? Okay, so what would you tell Elvis? Um, don't eat the burgers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking. Um, That's yeah. funny. Uh, I was I actually just did a, a seminar in Memphis and uh, right next to this uh, gym that I was teaching a seminar at was the diner where Elvis would go and eat his, you know, hamburgers uh, every day. Uh, so, <laughs> that's awesome. yeah, that's pretty cool. So Elvis, you would tell him, hey, don't eat the burgers. Uh, I, and and uh, Jordan, you asked him how he how he stayed, stayed focused. And then um, uh, Kelly Slater, you took the picture. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Are you, are you changing your I, mind? I, right I, now? I, yeah, I'd have to think about it. There's definitely. I'd love to. I'd love to ask some more questions. For uh, yeah, you, you got it's more just, questions yeah, for I Jordan. Don't. Yeah, that makes sense. Anyways, do you have any uh, any final thoughts or a message for people who may be uh, in the middle of struggling right now, building their company or uh, trying to get a job somewhere where they they are they're very passionate to try to make it happen. Um, anyone who's who's kind of going through the not so fun parts of uh, development yeah i'd i'd say definitely definitely open up and and talk talk to people um whether it's sort of i wouldn't say sort of searching out advisors or mentors because it's normally the other way around but um try and uh yeah just just talk talk and and get the message out and then that will like help you develop and take that that idea and then put that into practice. Yeah, that's sick. That's sick. How can we support you? How can we support Rad Season? What can we do? Um, I guess yeah, anyone that's sort of interested in in being a part of it and and coming on just to just to check out the site or, or reach out to me. And that's radseason.com and they can find you at Ollie at radseason.com. Yeah, so Ollie, so it's uh, O L I mm-hmm. at radseason.com. Sick, dude. Thank you so much. Thanks, Carl. We did it. Appreciate it, man. Boom. And there you have it, my friends, another episode of the Freestyle Way podcast featuring Ollie Russell Cowan, who you can find on Instagram at Ollie, which is O-L-I Russell, R-U-S-S-E-L-L, Cowan, C-O-W-A-N. And you can also find his company, Rad Season, online at radseason.com and on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Rad Season. That is R-A-D season S-E-A-S-O-N and make sure to uh, tag us ask us some questions DM us let us know what you thought and uh, that way we can connect and you know how to do that you can just take a screenshot of yourself listening to the podcast a little selfie upload that to stories and make sure to tag us and that way we can connect with you and we can reshare it so we can all continue to build this really cool community. Other than that, I just want to say thank you 
to Oliver again for not only spending some time with me to have this conversation, but also speaking at the Insider that was hosted in Sydney this year, which was a great event with a bunch of people who are in the business of developing healthy, long-lasting lifestyles. They are lifestyle entrepreneurs. And the Insider, if you don't know what it is, it's it's an event, seminar, course, experience that I've been curating now for a little bit dedicated to self-development, dedicated to communicating more effectively, dedicated to developing a brand, meaning really getting to understand your philosophy and how you are sharing that philosophy, and then ultimately business development, which I'm excited to announce that we are going to bring it finally to the U.S., and it's going to be happening in San Francisco towards the end of 2019. So if you are interested in attending the Freestyle Insider in San Francisco towards the end of this year, then do me a favor and email us at creative at freestyleconnection.com. And in the email, make sure to include a cover letter or a video on why you would like to attend. And we will be getting back to you to see if you are a candidate that we believe could qualify as someone that is in alignment with what we're trying to build. So hit us up, creative at freestyleconnection.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you know what to do. Connect with us. For now, peace, have a great week, and I'll see you guys, which you know means I will be speaking to you guys next week. All right, have a good one. Peace.